Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since we discovered Spotify for Podcasters, we have added question box to hear our community's thoughts on our episodes, polls to ask questions on what they think, and so much more. We highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hey everyone, estás escuchando a So Violento, So Macabro podcast. This is Ali. And this is Dee. And today Dee will be talking about a case that occurred in Denver, Colorado. La adolescencia es una etapa de la vida donde van experimentando con diferentes aspectos de la vida y esperamos que aprendan de sus errores. Pero, ¿qué pasa cuando una noche de fiesta con sus amigos cambia por completamente el rumbo de su vida? Esta es la trágica historia de Kenia Mongo. Advertencia. La información de este caso puede ser desencadenante para algunos. Tenga en cuenta que algunos de estos casos pueden involucrar menores de edad, abuso violación o violencia. Escuchen con precaución. Warning. The information on this case can be triggering to some. Please be advised that some of these cases may involve children, abuse, rape, and violence. Listen with caution. Every teenager does it. And it doesn't matter how many times right. we as parents warn them, mm -hmm. they're never going to listen. No. Quería como salir corriendo, como una desesperación, quería como ir a buscar como que esto estaba pasando en este momento, pero ya nada podía hacer. Como como un ser humano puede hacer así? ¿Cómo le puede quitar la vida a una niña inocente? ¿Cómo? ¿Por qué le hizo esto? Él es un asesino en serie y ahorita los ahorita están buscándolo por más crímenes que ha hecho. In 1982 Kenya was born to Maria, who was only 15 years old. This happened in Honduras. She was living in poverty. Kenya was one year old. Maria decides to leave Honduras to Denver, Colorado, and began to work there and send money back to um, Maria's mother and Kenya for them to, you know, live uh, a little bit better than what was going on during the time that Kenya was young. A few years later, after... Kenya, I mean, after Maria arrived to uh, Denver, 
she meets a man named Tony Lee. They begin to date and they end up, you know, getting together. Um, and then shortly after, they end up getting married. After a while, they also had two children named Kimberly and Anthony. Tony and Maria ended up bringing Kenya to the U.S. at the age of 12. And as soon as Kenya arrived, she began to be very motivated and decided to put herself into like studying in the English language, uh, put a lot of effort in her studies, um, started volunteering and helping with the house and um, just overall being a very well-behaved daughter. After they they started settling down, Tony would tell uh, Kenya, you know, I love you like you're my stepdaughter and, and I, I love you and I care about you. And Kenya didn't really like the fact that they uh, that he referred to her as a stepdaughter. So Kenya told Tony, you are my father and I am your daughter. So they ended up becoming much closer after that because mm-hmm. Kenya didn't see the that he was just her stepfather. They they were family, and um, she appreciated that he stepped up to be uh, a father figure for her, even though she hadn't had one at all since the day she was born. It was basically her father now, and they had a very close relationship. He saw her as a daughter. He loved her. He he just overall cared about her as if she he she was his own. Kenya was really close to Kimberly, which is his, her stepsister. And it got to the point where they were basically like inseparable. Kimberly says that she was very close to her. She knew everything about her. She um, would see Kenya's uh, calendar and it was very like organized with like studying and like having fun. And like she really admired that and wanted to be like her when she got older. So overall, the family dynamic was just lovely they were a blended family they loved each other and overall they respected each other and cared about each other a lot her family describes kenya as being very responsible very hardworking and smart and um just very inspirational um they would say that she was the light of uh she would light up a room so wherever she went she made sure to you know put a smile on and and just be that wonderful uh teenager that she was she just had just a wonderful spirit about her she sounds like she was a really great kid she was and um the thing about her was that um her her family just had a lot of lovely things to say about her and and they they just didn't really understand why this happened to her um because she was always so helpful and and loving and and they just couldn't imagine that 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 something like this would happen to her. Yeah. So on March 31st of 2011, uh, Kenya decides to go out with her friends. Um, it's a Friday night and they wanted to go out and party. Uh, mind you, at this time, she was uh, she had already moved out of her parents home. Um, at the age of okay. 18... She was like a young adult? She, yeah, she, at the age of 18, she moved out with her boyfriend. Uh, and um, they, she had a job as a telemarketer. And so she had her, her money. She was uh, trying to raise enough money to go to school. 
um, and and just you know live on her own. She really liked her space and, and she wanted to be more independent and um, decided to move out with her boyfriend. So on this night, she wanted to go out and have some fun. You know, she's been working hard the whole week and she wanted to spend some time with um, with, with some friends. Uh, How old was she at this time? At this time, she was she was nineteen years old. Nineteen. Okay. So she had just uh, she had just graduated um, a, the year prior. It says uh, a year prior or like a couple of months before. Don't really know, but she had graduated recently from high school, so she was enrolling okay. into college and um, she was trying to raise enough money to go to school. So her and her friend had this uh, this policy. I guess you could call it like the girl kind of the girl code policy like the girl rude. yeah so it's like, like the rule the rule yeah, yeah so it's like you know mm. we come together we leave together you know it's like an unwritten rule yeah you know you always look out for your friends you go to the yeah. you go to the bar you go to the club you go anywhere you go with your friends and then you leave with your friends there's no ifs yeah. or buts or i'm gonna go with this guy like no it, you're you no know, nope. you go with you go with your friends and uh kenya you know thought that this was like an unwritten rule that everybody was gonna you know follow so during this night um her friend said that they were gonna meet up at a specific bar in denver uh at the downtown denver where they were gonna you know hang out go party dance a little bit and then they were gonna come home this night um her friend says that kenya actually went to the club that she was going to go to the club with some other group of friends that she didn't really quite know, but she wanted to bring them anyways because the last few times that they had hung out, um, they were really cool and she just wanted to bring them over to the club that night. So her friend was already waiting for them um, at the club and she was just waiting for Kenya and the group of friends to show up. But throughout the night, she says that she waited and waited for Kenya to show up and she never did. So she found it strange that she didn't call, didn't show up. So at the end of the night, she was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to call her. If she doesn't answer, I'm going to go home. And then I'll just call her the next morning and see, you know, if, if she's okay, if anything happened. So that night, Kenya, it, it, Kenya's friends, that she, the group that she was with, say that they couldn't get into the club that they were originally going to go to. Because they had fake IDs to get into mm. the club. She they said that she that the bouncer at the door said that she did she it didn't match, that she her you know her pictures didn't match, that it wasn't her real ID and they couldn't go in. So this group of friends and Kenya decide to go to a different club, a club where they were actually gonna get be let in uh, with their fake IDs because they've been there so many times. So she was like, let's yeah, just, of, yeah. yes, they were like, let's just go there since we know we can get in. So they went to this bar called uh, 24K. According to my research, it was called 24K. Um, and they go in, they sat at the bar and they start drinking. They said that they started, have, they, they were having the same amount of alcohol, nothing crazy. And that out of nowhere, Kenya decides to go dancing at the dance floor. And she was partying, dancing, having fun. And she started dancing with Guy. Um, this guy um, that was also there. So they started drinking and dancing and just having a good time. At some point during the night, they described that Kenya was being very 
loud and she was very intoxicated. So security kicked her out as well as the guy she was dancing with. According to sources, the friends didn't notice that she was gone. So they just waited for her to come back. And when she didn't show up, they decided to wait for her outside. When they waited for outside, the I think everything was closing. So they were like, you know what? She probably left with some guy or she probably left home. You know, something had happened to her. Like, let's just meet up tomorrow morning. So her friends decide to leave the club and just head home. The next morning, the first friend, the one that was waiting for Kenya at the club and she never showed up, called Kimberly, um, Kenya's sister, and asked her if she knew anything about Kenya because they called her and called her and she never answered her phone. And she just wanted to know if she was okay. So Kimberly ends up calling Kenya's boyfriend and tells him if Kenya was home because she never showed up at the club. Her boyfriend says she isn't home. She hasn't been home the whole night. Um, You should tell her your parents. Right when she was going to tell her parents, Kenya's friends from where she had gone to the club with show up at Kenya's house, parents' house. Ask if Kenya's home. They find it suspicious because Kenya hasn't been home and they hadn't seen her that, that whole weekend. So they wanted to know what was what was wrong. Kimberly ends up telling her parents that that she wasn't home at her boyfriend's house. And the friends end up kind of trying to cover up for Kenya in a way. And just so they that that her parents wouldn't get mad at her. So they were trying mm-hmm. to, you know, cover up. At this point, Tony um, gets really upset. And he says, is this, uh, he, at, at, and in interviews, he says that he thought it was an April Fool's joke because it was supposed to be April 1st that morning. So he thought this was some sick joke that maybe Kenya had came up with. And the girls were like, no, she didn't come home after the club with us. Um, she just didn't, did it wasn't at the club. And he and and Tony asked him, you know, where were you guys? What happened? And they mm-hmm. didn't want to tell her dad that they had fake IDs and that they had gone to the club and, and were drinking. So Tony ends up getting really upset and tells them, tell me the truth. I need yeah. all Aquí the lo truth. Que importa es la verdad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, all he wanted was to find his daughter. Mm-hmm. So the girls tell them the whole story that everything that happened that night, and Tony asks for her phone. Um, out of curiosity, how did the dad have like the her Kenya's phone? So, um, according to the group of friends, Kenya had left her phone and her wallet and her belongings at the bar with where they were sitting at when she went off to dance with the guy so oh, okay. um they took all of that with them once uh the par- the, the bar closed i mean the club closed so they didn't want to leave it behind um just in case she was yeah. already outside or, or just in case you know she had left without her stuff so they that's how they ended Got up it. with all her belongings so after tony goes through uh kenya's phone and and has kimberly unlock it for her because they had each other's passcode 
um, he realizes that there's a lot of phone calls and stuff, and he wants, goes through the messages, and he doesn't see anything out of the ordinary. And right when he, like, is reading through the messages, he receives a message. And it reads, Hey, this is Travis, the guy who gave you a ride last night. White creepy van. Smiley face. Did you get home okay? I'm sorry, white creepy van? Exactly. Emphasize on the white creepy van. So, as soon as he read that, Tony was like, okay, this must be something. So... Hay algo ahí, yeah. Yeah, so Tony calls the number, and nobody answers. And then he calls again, and he calls again. Finally, he leaves a message asking Travis to call him back. Uh, Qué raro. I mean, Travis apenas le mandó el mensaje y ahora el papá le llama no quiere contestar. Yeah. So That's weird. they go to the police and they filed a missing report, a missing persons mm-hmm. report. And, you know, Tony knows that the police isn't going to do anything because of the whole, you know, it hasn't been 48 hours. Like she's probably out with a friend or she probably went out with a guy or, you know, all these things that the police mix up in order for them to not look for a person. So Tony decides to go back home and keep calling Travis until Travis answers the phone. Um, Eventually, Travis calls back and tells Tony that everything that happened that night. According to Travis, he says that he picked up Kenya outside of a hotel that she looked very intoxicated and she was stumbling around and he just saw her and stopped by like next to her and asked if she needed a ride. Kenya jumps into his van and um, starts to tell him how to get to her house. On the way to her house, they see a gas station and Kenya asks him to stop at the gas station so she can get some cigarettes. Travis says that when they get into the gas station, they realize that it's closed. So he says that she gets out of the van and sees this guy, like, just lighting up a cigarette and asks him for a cigarette. Um, He says that he's waiting by his van, waiting until, you know, she gets her cigarette and that she ends up just walking away arm in arm with this guy and leaves he says that you know she he didn't want to fight it because you know he he just picked up this girl doesn't know her he thought that it was weird so he just left her with this guy he says that this guy is tall he's asian and that his name is dan how he got his name i have no idea but he says that his name is dan okay yeah that's weird how he got his name yeah. Right? Unless, like, they, the three of them spoke or... Yeah, exactly. But still, I'm so imagining, then... si, hablaron, si hablaron los tres in that conversation, I mean, I know es agarron a muchacha, like, he picked up, like, random girl on the street, he doesn't know her. Pero si la mira borracha, yeah. y luego se pone a hablar con un guy, si supuesto, para agarrar un nombre de alguien, es porque hablaron. I'm imagining. Yeah. So, if, no, yeah, if they talked in that conversation, me imagino que ahí se hubiera dado cuenta... Travis y Kenya lo conocía este muchacho. 
Exactly. Eh, y es yeah. más raro porque lo que, lo que él dice es de que él, ella se bajó, me empezaron a platicar y que eso es todo lo que pasó. O sea, dice que ellos estaban platicando y todo. Dice, en una entrevista había dicho él que they were talking in Spanish, which is even more odd because, you know, I mean, not to say that there's Asians that don't speak Spanish, but it was like, out of nowhere, they both spoke Spanish. So in this in this scenario, he says that they were both talking in Spanish, he didn't understand, and that they ended up leaving together. That's according to what he says. Okay, And that he says that, I know. And then he says that he ended up leaving the location and going to his girlfriend's house. And that he got to his girlfriend's house around 3 or 3.30 in the morning. Um, then Tony asked uh, Travis if they could meet up at that gas station. Um, just in case they could find any evidence or any clues that um, Kenya was there. Travis agrees and tells him that he would be on his way to the... A gas station and Tony says okay I'll meet you at the gas station right then and then Tony goes up to his um, room opens up his safe and grabs his gun hmm. he then approaches the, the door and tells Maria I'm gonna go talk to Travis Maria begs and begs Tony to not go to call the police to tell them what happened But Tony knows that the police isn't going to do anything. So he decides to take matters into his own hands and meet Travis at the gas station. When he left, he said that he arrived at the gas station and two police cars were waiting for Tony at the gas station. He approaches the police officers and asks um, if they found any evidence, if, if they're looking for Kenya. And they said that they were actually there because uh, Maria had called. Mm. And they they were yeah, worried, worried that he was going to do something. Yeah, because he took a gun. So Yeah. 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 So they just wanted to be around just in case anything happened. Mm -hmm. So then Tony goes ahead, meets Travis, shakes his hand, and starts talking to him. Then Travis says the same story the exact same way everything that happened to Tony Tony says that in, an, in another interview Tony says that he would have trusted his daughter with this man oh he would have he was tall yeah he's tall six foot two he's white he seems very nice very polite and that if you know his daughter was out in the street that he would have trusted him wow you okay. know to bring her home He said that when he met him, there wasn't any ill intention. Like, he didn't feel anything off with what um, oh, Travis was saying. Yeah. He felt that he was sincere, that he was saying everything, and, and was trying to help find Kenya. Hmm. Pero a la misma vez, sentía que, que lo, le podía confiar con su hija, que no tenía problemas que él, él estuviera con ella, ayudándola. He felt that he was a nice guy. So after they talked, um, the police were there and started taking, you know, notes about the whole thing and and ends up um, making a report and having it on file. And then Tony's like, you know, we'll 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 keep in touch to see what happens. 
Um, and then again, he shakes uh, Travis's hand. And this time he says that when he shook his hand, he felt him shaking. Mm. Almost like if he was nervous. Red flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Tony said, you know, I didn't think about it at that time. Uh, at that time, he thought that it was just him being nervous. And then dice que uh, cuando terminó de, 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 you know, de despedirse de él, que él empezó a llorar. ¿Travis empezó, empezó a, a llorar? Ya. Yeah. Y empezó a decir que, que he was sorry, de que si no fuera porque la dejó allí, que Kenya no se hubiera desaparecido, de que tenía mucha culpa porque ya no es, estaba desaparecida. So, right when, when that happened, that's when, he, with, when Tony's kind of idea of him completely switched. Hmm. He said that that's the moment when he realized that something was wrong. So he 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 just kind of was grateful for what Travis said, but he also started thinking that there was more to the story than he had originally said to him. I know. Interesting. <laughs> I know. This dad is like moving. He is he doing... Said, yeah. Está haciendo lo que está moviendo todo just to get information. Está moviendo mar y tierra yeah. para encontrar a su hija. Yeah. Yeah. So, according to detectives, um, they as soon as Tony met up with Travis, they had already started looking for Kenya. And they ended up finding uh, surveillance uh, evidence that after leaving the club, Kenya actually went, left the club with the guy she was dancing with. Que se fueron, las cámaras enseñan cuando Kenya entra al lobby del apartamento y está subiendo en el elevador con el muchacho. Entrevistaron al muchacho y le preguntaron qué pasó esa noche. Dicen que cuando los corrieron del... Um, del, del club se fueron a, a su apartamento que él, él you know, he thought that they were going to hook up so he brought her home to his house, to his apartment y ella cuando llegó al apartamento a su apartamento, she changed her mind and she said that she didn't want to go through with it the guy was respectful and he said okay and then she leaves she goes down the ele the elevator and just as soon as she's about to get out of um, the apartment lobby, she sees two men fighting at the lobby. She goes there, talks to them, and separates the fight. Which, it's, it's interesting when you think about it. You're like, this girl's intoxicated and yet she has all these things. She's doing all these yeah. things. So she says they in the uh, surveillance camera she shows they show her stopping the fight and then she walks out of the lobby and out to the street. A different surveillance camera catches her going into a hotel and going into the bathroom to use the bathroom. Then it shows her walking out and starts talking to a man outside of the hotel. And then a few minutes later, she disappears from the view of the apart of the hotel. 
So it shows her walking away from the hotel um, front doors. And that's when police assume that that's when she met Travis. I know. There's like so much. So many details. I know. There's like a lot of details and y hay muchas um, just camera like angles. Like there's so much on her. Which yeah. is good because so, that just los ayuda just to like uh, create a timeline of where she was, what she was doing and Oh man, it's like just what happened. It's triste porque me imagino que you know I don't know where the stories go. Like I'm imagining, but I don't know like what happened, but I just can't imagine lo que las amigas y este muchacho que se le llevó a su apartamento lo que han de sentir después de todo esto. Like the guilt that someone yeah. could have helped her more or stopped her like stopped these sequences from happening yeah definitely Man. and the thing with this case is that a lot of people could have stopped this from happening yeah. but sadly not like you could that's when you could say that it's the a person at the wrong place at the wrong time because one little thing could have easily shifted yeah, the whole story oh yeah this. yeah but sadly it, it didn't change the timeline and yeah. and we get a, a, a tragic ending to this so after tony sees the investigation uh the surveillance cameras and um the they the investigators start interviewing her friends they ended up telling uh, Tony that that it was weird because Kenya was acting not herself. That they all drank around the same amount of alcohol, and she was she was just acting different. She wasn't acting like you know, like it was just a normal night for her. It it felt off. Hmm. So they said that she, her drink might have been spiked or that she was doing drugs. But uh, Tony and Maria were very adamant that um, Kenya didn't do any of that stuff. So they just, you know, brushed that out of out of context. So the further that police started to investigate this case, the more came out on what Travis was doing that night. So after interviewing Travis and getting his side of the story again they ended up going to Travis's girlfriend's house and taking testimony of his alibi that night she says that Tony, that um, Travis arrived to her apartment at 3, 3 or 3.30 that morning of April 1st they were hanging out until 7 in the morning when he had to leave to work so when Travis was being you know looked, uh, investigated they ended up talking to his boss or more like the bakery owner of where he had his um, his side job. I mean, well, his job. It, he was making granola bars out of scratch and they were a very popular item at the bakery. So he had his own little stationery where, in the bakery to make them. So the owner of this bakery said, you know, he was a great employee, the only odd part was that he was a very distracted person that he was never really focused on his job that there was he was always being like not committed to his job there was always something distracting him so she also mentioned that she had surveillance cameras 
at this location because she felt like there was money being stolen from her bakery. So she knew that that she needed these cameras in order for her to see uh, anything that was going on in the shop. Yeah. During this time, she says that she looked back through the tapes to see if anything was off from the moment that Kenya went missing to present day, which by that time, it was already like a week, two weeks since Kenya had been missing. She explains that within the surveillance uh, video, you could see Travis going into the freezer, the big freezer that they have at the bakery where they keep all their goods. And he's wheeling in a big igloo um, portable, like portable container to keep the like fruit drinks and everything cold. Um, That she found it weird though, because Travis didn't need that type of equipment for the granola bars. Yeah. Because those granola bars were just didn't have any fresh product that could go bad. Um, that they that there's no reason why he needed one. And that she knew that that ice chest was missing because that they they just found it odd that it wasn't within their inventory. She knew it was missing. And when she saw Travis bring it into the bakery, that there was something raro. off. Yeah. Cuando yeah. no did you see cuando fue que ella miró que él entró? ¿Qué día era cuando él entró con la hielera? En los en la entrevista dice que era el primero de abril. Okay. So literally the day after. The day after the the, or the same day that Kenya went missing. Okay. Within the, um, y también lo más raro del caso es de que la hielera tenía tape around the, the rim of hmm. the hielera. So, you know how usually the hielera's closed? It just closed, yeah. And and then there's no issue with it because it just shuts closed? Yeah. Well, the difference is that the hielera was closed with tape, black tape, all around the edges of it. So, it would shut closed. For extra security. For extra security, yes. For these and frozen things that supposedly you keep in there. Yeah. Yeah. So they found that weird. Mm-hmm. That that was that that Travis was using that handling yeah. that. Yeah, he doesn't need yeah. to. He he and shouldn't then, he doesn't have a reason to be yeah. using that. And the fact that, that the way that it was shut Yeah, closed. that's weird. So then the she hands over the evidence to the police and they also find that there is a timestamp missing from the moment that he brings in the yelera to the moment he takes it out so there's like a small fragment missing and they found that odd and they asked her if there's any way that somebody could shut off the cameras mm-hmm. and she said yes and they automatically thought that Travis had to set something to do with it. So once they found this evidence, they go out and look for Travis. But crazy enough, Travis is nowhere to be found. Of course. Right. So then uh, soon after that, Travis goes on the run. The police find out 
that the car that Travis is actually driving is somebody that he knows. So he stole somebody's car and drove it to Houston. When he arrives to Houston, police um, pull him over and ask him what his name is. And he gives out a fake name. When police find that out, they take him to jail. They uh, look through the record of the car and realize that the car is reported reported missing and stolen. So Travis is in jail for a stolen vehicle and for falsificating um, his name, his name mm-hmm. to a police officer. So right after that, investigators fly from Denver, Colorado to Houston to talk to Travis and asking him why he's on the run. And Travis doesn't say anything, doesn't confess anything. He sticks to his same story. He says that, you know, he just felt nervous and just decided to leave. Next thing we know, uh, detectives takes takes a swab out of uh, Travis for evidence. And that's it. According to the police, the person that owned the car dropped off all the charges. So... Police officers couldn't maintain him in jail. Oh, my God. So they had to let him go. When they let him go, police end up losing track of Travis again. Because he left. He went missing. Right when Travis leaves, they end up finding, getting um, the phone records that Travis has on his phone. And realized that all the Bing locations to where Travis says he was at the night that Kenya went missing was a lie. They find out that that Travis was actually seen going, picking up Kenya from the hotel, driving around, stopping somewhere, then going to the bakery, and then from the bakery going to his girlfriend's house but leaving shortly after and then returning to the bakery. And then they say that he left towards an hour north from Denver, circling around a field and then coming back to Denver, Colorado. So no hubo ningún Dan, no paró ninguna gasolinera. He left no. earlier from his girlfriend's house than what she had reported. También, you said? Yes. Yes. Oh, man. And that he ended up not um, not being anywhere where he said he was. So according to phone records and then investigating his girlfriend, they, real- they realized that his alibi wasn't strong, that she actually was lying according to phone records that he actually was doing other things rather than saying what where he was at during the time of Kenya's disappearance and then now he's on the run again so all they had to do was wait to see what Travis did next on July 4th 2011 Lydia Tillman goes out has a good time starts partying for the 4th of July and you know decides to go home And when she arrives to her house, she is viciously beaten by a stranger inside her home. 
Then she's drenched in bleach and was set on fire. Oh my god. Yes. Lydia, pulling as much strength as she can, jumps out of her third floor building and lies unconscious by the side of her building. When police officers arrive, they, you know, extinguish the fire, take Lydia to her, to the hospital, and realize that she was still alive. Wow. Ay, pobre mujer. Oh my God, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Sadly, Lydia couldn't say who attacked her at the moment that she was found um, during her accident. But they knew that they had some sort of, you know, some sort of trace to find who, who did this to her. So underneath her fingernails, they grabbed DNA from it and decided to go test it to see if there's anything that they could find. And they found a match. And Being it was Travis. Travis. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So Travis was arrested in Fort Collins for the attack on Lydia. When Travis was arrested for this crime, he went into the um, investigation room and he said, I'm tired of running. I'm going to confess. So he ends up describing every detail that happened during Lydia's um, brutal attack and what happened to Kenya. So let me know if you're ready to hear. Oh my god, I don't know if I'm ready. Con lo que le hizo a Lydia. That was, I was not expecting that. That was, oh my god, I can't imagine the pain this woman went to, went through. Oh yeah. Oh man. So, according to Travis, he says that he's willing to confess as long as he is not labeled a sex offender and if he could avoid the death penalty. I know, Manchester se pone de, de sus moños de like, oh no, don't do this. Oh, come on. Exactly. So he tells detectives that as long as he could get a plea deal, he will confess to anything they want and they he would also show where Kenya's body is buried. So he begins to say that on the night of, well, the morning of April 1st, that he found Kenya outside of the hotel, decided to pick her up, and when she went into the car, she fell asleep in the front seat. During that time, he says that he he pulls her he pulls over and then grabs Kenya and puts her in the back of his van. Then proceeds to rape her while she's asleep. It's a fucking animal. A I know. monster. I know. Um, he says that once she he was done raping her, that she comes to and realizes what Travis was doing. She starts to yell and scream at him and slaps him. And right then and there, Travis strangles her till she dies. He says that then he goes to the bakery, he finds the ice chest, brings it into his van, pushes Kenyon's body 
into the freeze in the into the ice chest and squeezes her in there until it closes and then tapes the whole ice chest. He says that then he grabs the cart, puts the ice chest on top of it, and drags it to the freezer. He then decides to pour bleach all over his truck, scrub it clean, removes the carpet, adds a new carpet, and drenches it in bleach and sets it on fire outside of the bakery in a barrel. When he does that, he also goes into the ice, the freezer, undresses her, cleans her up, and puts that same clothes into the barrel and burns it. He also says that during that time, he puts her back into the ice chest and closes it up. He says that during that time, he also drenches himself in bleach, removes his clothes, puts on different clothes, and burns the clothes that he was wearing as well. Oh my god, este hombre tenía todo, like, so planeado, and, like, yeah. la muchacha muerta sin vida, y él agarrándola, tocándola, limpiándola, like, like nothing. Mm -hmm. He says then that he, um, before he does any of that, he had disconnected the cameras. Um, for him to be able to, you know, move in and out of the freezer without any any evidence. When he takes the um, the ice chest out, he puts it in his car. And well, before that, he had cleaned the whole ice chest as well uh, with bleach and everything to clean her blood out of it and any evidence from it. So basically, swiping the whole thing clean. Yeah. Puts her back in there, closes it up, puts it in his car. He said that he drives uh, an hour away from Denver, Colorado, into a river bank, and um, buries her five feet under, next to the river, underneath tree, underneath uh, two trees, right by the river. He also says that he, when he came back, he connected the cameras so they could still show, you know, that it was running, and that that's where her body is buried. Detectives take this evidence and Travis, along with the family, and decide to find Kenya's body. They go to the riverbank, and once they're driving into the um, into the field, uh, Travis points out where the body is. When they find the body, the location where the body is, officers walk down with Travis to try to find the body. Once they are near. Travis falls to his knees and starts crying and tells officers, you're standing right above her. Yeah, I know. Eh, yeah. He begins to cry and is just an emotional wreck. What are you crying for? Confessing like, to his murder. Why are you crying? Yeah. You have no emotions. Yeah. You have no feelings. Like, why? Like, stop. No. I know. I know it, it. It's one of those things where you're just like, you did all of this. You were you 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 caused this. Yeah, exactly. And now he feels guilt. All of a sudden, he feels no. some sort of remorse. I know. Stop. This this is upsetting me. <sighs> yeah. So once they 
bring out the body. They, the only way they could identify Kenya, Kenya's uh, remains, because they were already severely decomposed, was by the little drop of blood within the drain hole of the uh, of the ice chest. And that's the only way they could identify who, who it was. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So Tony explains that throughout this whole investigation, his um, his son, his son and his daughter and Maria were were hoping that they would find Kenya's uh, alive and that she would come back to them. But from the moment that. Tony had met Travis, he knew that his daughter was gone. But he said that that he wanted to bring her yeah, back to them. Yeah. That that was that was his mission. That he knew that she was gone, but he wasn't gonna stop until he found his daughter. That's so heartbreaking for this family. I know. It it uh it, it it's one of those things where it's like you you can't help but to feel the pain that they went through and and just to imagine that this that that this man that you had met in hopes to find your daughter lied to your face about yeah. where her whereabouts are and what happened to her and and just trying to find your daughter even though you already know that she's already you know dead like, like en he knew de she ti. was dead like you had your daughter's yeah. murder in front of you and for this dad oh my god no no me puedo imaginar lo que esta familia sintió en ese momento o sea lo que sienten ahora y, o, o sea te imaginas o sea you were face to face yeah. with the murder of your daughter y él te mintió te dijo que alguien se la llevó y like para que ya luego encuentres a tu hija como la manera en que la encontraste es como que it's it's just baffling to me that somebody like him would just do something like that and 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 just take this whole family into into this this painful yeah. experience and then still go on the run and then I still know. hurt another person. I know, si ves que ya, I mean, él miró que ya lo estaban, they were like on him, y luego va y todavía hace lo que hizo con, con Lidia, it's like, what? Yeah. So during his confession, Travis said, quote, I definitely took advantage of her being drunk. No shit. She kind of came to me and she realized that we had sex. And she started hitting me. And I started hitting her back. And then she started to scream. And then I strangled her. And I strangled her. And I strangled her. And I killed her. Can you say that one more time? What he, ¿Qué dijo al principio él? I definitely took advantage of her being drunk. Okay, no, you raped her. Now you took advantage. You raped her. Like, it's just even his words. Like, I took advantage. No, you raped her. Like, just yeah. say those words. Like, como que se está tratando de, de justificar. I don't know. When you said that, I, it just... Yeah. Yeah, I know. He said, um, according to investigators, they had mentioned that during the time that Travis 
was uh, trying to see what he would do with the body. He was actually driving around with Kenya's body for the first full day in his van because he didn't know what to do with it. So think about it that way. He met Tony, yet without knowing that Kenya was in the van that he was driving to meet her. In. Oh my God. Gwen wow. No. So no not only did el papá tuvo the murder in front of his face, su hija estaba like metros away from him. Mm -hmm. God, this mm -hmm. guy is sick. I know. So to clarify, Kenya's body was found on September 7th, 2011, um, approximately five months after her disappearance. During uh, Travis's uh, trial, Lydia actually testified during the case and actually said that she forgave Travis for what he did. She goes on to explain that no amount of rage and anger that she had from all the things that Travis did to her could amount to the, the, the prison sentence that he would get for her, for, for what he was trying to do to her. So the best she can do is apologize and just go on with her life. And to forgive him. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, to forgive him and go on with her life. She said that, you know, all, all everything that happened to her, it, 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 you know, shouldn't have happened to her. But that he did this to her and ended up, you know, teaching her this, this way that, that she should just forgive and let go. No, so honey, during no. Like, Lydia's, I don't know. Oh my God, I can't. <sighs> yeah. During Lydia's um, recovery, she had to relearn how to talk, how to um, do a lot of like simple things like write and, and everything. So because she was, was yeah, bad. she was really battered. God. And um, she had she had to go into an induced coma in order for her to to survive because she she was really ba in bad shape. Um, but luckily she's she's learning how to to live again. Hmm. And throughout this whole incident, um, Lydia and um, Kenya's family actually got together and created the uh, foundation in honor of Kenya. And in this foundation, they get money in order for them to help families, uh, especially lower income families, um, and give them money in order for them to find their children or, or to help them solve the, the cases uh, of their, of their deceased um, family member. Um, But Travis, on the other hand, he was sentenced to life in prison without a possible parole for the murder of Kenya. He also re received an additional 48 years for the attempted murder of Lydia. And he is currently held in Colorado pen uh, 
penitentiary. Um, and after the after the death of uh, Kenya, uh, sadly, Tony and Maria got a divorce, and um, they couldn't they couldn't rekindle their relationship after the the tragic murder of Kenya. And Maria actually moved back to Honduras mm-hmm. and um, is now living in Honduras because living in the States reminded her too much of her daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And after that, uh, Lifetime released uh, recently um, a show called Text Me. Text Me When You Get Home. And the first episode was based on Kenya's Hmm. um, story. And there was a lot more, you know, podcasts and um, a few Oxygen Network uh, TV shows based on Kenya's uh, tragic murder. And also, um, more recently, the there was an interview by t- uh, True Crime on YouTube. At least that, that's where I found it. It's on YouTube. Where the family interviews Tony about Kenya's case. And actually, Kimberly comes out and says that she actually wrote letters to Travis in jail. And that Travis would tell Kimberly that he didn't mean to kill her, that his intentions weren't to kill her, that from the moment that he saw Kenya, his intentions was to take her home, but that somehow, some way, these dark thoughts came into his head and he decided to rape her. And when she woke up, he didn't think of anything else but to kill her. No, no. I no. Know. Si alguien quiere ayudar a alguien, it, no. Lo, los ayuda, help them, los ayuda. That's it. Yeah, you'll help the person. You're not gonna. No, the intention was there. He's that's bullshit. I can't with him. Y, y todavía falta. Oh my god. No me, to uh, ya tengo hasta, ya tengo hasta horror en cada caso que la sentencia baje o algo. Like I'm always expecting this in the end. Y, uh, it's like the park odio. But it's not his sentence. Oh, it's not his okay. sentence. According to the same uh, interview, Travis actually tells detectives that his mind is very dark. That if there's a definition to a sociopath, that he is that. That's who he is. He's then investigators continue to ask Travis that if there's other victims. Oh my god. And Travis begins to say that he can't talk about it. There were reports that Travis might have uh, assaulted and murdered a few other women in Colorado. But there is no concrete evidence that he actually did any of it. No, pues con esa respuesta, I mean... Ya lo dijo todo. Yeah, he says that all he wanted to do was be a nice guy. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, nobody. No, that's not you being a nice guy. Yeah. No. Yeah. He says that there's there is other people and that he that those are too dark to talk about. So definitely there's much more cases and worse of how much worse, worse can cases. you get I mean look what look at Lisa Lydia yeah Kenya yeah 
So, oh, man. as of now, no other cases have arrived from uh, Travis's um, confession. There hasn't been any other person hmm. that has come up within his confession. But Tony did say that he truly in his heart feels that Travis is a serial killer. That there must have been more victims. And the only thing that they could hope for is to find the victims and find any evidence to link them to Travis. He says that although he... He, he believes that he is a dark person, that he is a dark human being, and that his ideas of being a good guy is, uh, is what's stopping him from confessing to other murders that he has committed. Oh, yeah. Did he, do you know if he ever got evaluated by a psicologa, a psychiatrist? They haven't... They haven't, uh, according to what I've, mm-hmm. I've researched, they haven't found any, like, they haven't tested him. But the, also, that was, like, two years ago, so I'm assuming that anything could happen. Um, so, I'm hoping they do, especially now with the new Lifetime movie, I mean, Lifetime series that came out on uh, Kenya's uh, murder, that it sparks up the conversation of 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 Kenya's case yeah. and, and hopefully evaluate There's more information. Um, Travis and, yeah. and when did this happen? And try to get more information. 2000... This happened in 2011. Okay. He was incarcerated in 2011, but um, the Lifetime series debuted oh, okay. uh, earlier this year in 2022. So, ojalá con attention y, you know, media that this case is getting, hopefully, I got más información al rato. Yeah. And I mean, the, the most interesting part of it all is the fact that police found like, you know, caught him, arrested him and everything within the first five months. And sadly, because they were, didn't act quick enough, you know, Lydia was actually, you know, brutally attacked. But yeah. also thanks to her, they, they found a reason to arrest him and for him to actually confess, you know. And for him to stop running. So, I mean, there's like a lot of pros and cons to the situation, but definitely it, it's things happen for a reason. And, and and thankfully, he's in jail and he's serving life in there and, and um, he's he's serving his his time. Y ojalá que nunca salga. Exactly. Y este fue el caso de Kenya Mongo. Los investigadores del caso dicen que si no se hubiera detenido a Travis Forbes, él de seguro hubiera seguido cometiendo crímenes en contra de mujeres, como el intento de asesinato de otra mujer en Fort Collins, por el que también recibió 48 años en la cárcel, añadido a una cadena perpetua que recibió por la muerte de Kenia. For him to kill people. He said he's evil. He said he is a dark person and he just doesn't know why he did it. In fact, Forbes said in his confession to Kenya's murder that he may be dangerously insane. Something we need to do to find out the definition of sociopath is because I'm pretty sure I fit it. 
He also hinted that he may have killed other women. I want to confess. I want to confess so bad. Because there's more victims out there we don't know about. That it's just a matter of time before they come up. Why are you not in your head? Yes, but you don't say anything. What do you make of this man? Is he a serial killer? He could be. Yes. Forbes himself says the world would be horrified to know his secrets. When everything comes to light, it's going to be horrific, horrendous. And Kenya's dad says he certainly wouldn't be surprised to learn that she wasn't the only young woman Forbes had murdered. Do you believe that Travis Forbes is a serial killer? I believe Travis Forbes is a serial killer, yes. That was intense. I know. Um, when I first did research on this case, I really, I thought it was kind of like a one said and done kind of thing. Um, but the more that I read about it and the more I saw like interviews and, and, and saw more, um, more articles about it, the more I got invested in, the more that I realized that it wasn't, it was like way deeper than I actually thought. And, um, it sucks because this this girl was just out to have fun and party and and I remember at the age of like 21 when I used to go out and party with you and 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 you know we would have fun and and drink and and our, our friends would have to take care of each other because we were drunk and stuff so for us to like to, for me to think about it that way where like this girl was just out having yeah. fun and this happened to her just by complete an utter accident. Um, no se lo buscó. It's tragic. Él era el no. predator que andaba ahí buscando. Like, mm -hmm. Wait, hold on. I, that's what I was going to ask. Um, con lo de la novia, de la novia de Travis. Mm -hmm. So was she like a witness yeah. or? So they actually arrested her for lying. Okay. Um, and uh, corrosing uh, to be his alibi. So they actually arrested her and put her into jail for, I think it was like for like 42 days or something for lying um, for Travis. So, dumb. so, so, I mean, it wasn't worth it. Oh. I mean, they still caught him and they still caught you in a lie, which it, it's amazing um, that you, you would put yourself in that situation. I mean, shit, if my boyfriend was lying, I would just be like, you know what? Fuck. That he wasn't here. Yeah. Like, see the truth. Yeah. Like. Oh my, yeah. why would you do that? No, that's not right. That's, y es, es lo triste. And I know que ya hemos dicho yeah. esto en otros episodios y más entre nosotras mujeres. Um, please, you know, there's that unwritten rule. Si salen en grupo, yeah. por favor, you know, si ves que tu amiga se pone borracha, no la dejes. Don't leave her alone, yeah. aunque la mires que anda con un muchacho, even if the guy looks really nice and sweet and oh you know he's so cute oh they're having fun no it doesn't matter like once you yeah the girl get his number and talk to him when you're sober. yeah Stop. if you see her leave go follow her don't don't let her go with this guy mm -hmm. don't even if your friend gets upset yeah. who cares es mejor que esté enojada contigo dos tres semanas a que algo le pase don't leave your friends yeah. alone please and it's it, like to be honest this is not the first no. case where it happens mm -mm. And it's like, I, I remember growing up and hearing about these cases of, of girls disappearing because they wanted to go follow this guy that, you know, she, they met at a club. And it, it's so unsafe it and it's dangerous. And 
and just thinking about that gives me the chills because it's yeah we know dating is hard or whatever but like to just blindly go with this man or this guy and 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 then just don't know what happens at the end of the night it's that's the scary part Mm -hmm. you know and and it just creeped me out also because the way he was where he was very predatorial and like followed her and took her with him it it just it's creepy it's it's and he and you know and and like i said in the beginning where where tony dijo que que él hubiera confiado en él porque se miraba muy amable y era y era un he looked very you know like a good good guy he made like a puzzle he was a murderer and, and possibly even a fucking serial yeah. killer. I mean, look at Ted Bundy, for instance. Like, he was charming. He was um, very polite. And he was one of the most, you know, horrendous serial killers in, in the United States. It's like, it, just because they're charming, it doesn't mean that they're nice. You know? It, it's it's hard to, to think that people are out there are are just waiting for a slip up yeah. and then attack and, and and somebody's life like that mm-hmm. oh yeah. man he lidia también de oh yeah because she wasn't expecting oh, it no, either she's going it, home it, she was in her own home how would you expect yeah. someone que te tire bleach y lo te, te prendan fuego what the fuck like no so i don't think i mentioned that but they said the police actually think that travis was probably following her Mm. around that whole night wow so when she left like when she was partying he was probably like keeping an eye on her and then followed her home saw where she lived and broke into her house and attacked her so like that to me is just terrifying because yeah. like if you think about it it's like we're not even safe in our own home at yeah. this point because if we're out having fun there's a possibility that this fucking weirdo is going to follow you home and attack you and kill you in your own home you know it's terrifying it is. I'm telling you it's terrifying just to be a woman in general it, it, yeah and it's like how much more careful can you be right I think yeah sadly we've all grown to know, to think, like, to learn that tenemos que tener cuidado all the time. Just being aware. Yeah. Like, it's... Just be aware of your yeah. surroundings. Like, and not even that. Carry pepper spray. Yeah. Carry tools to defend yourself. stop these people. It like, still doesn't stop them. Yeah, it's upsetting. And I don't... I don't know. I mean, cada quien, pero para Lidia encontrar eso dentro de ella, that strength, and to say... I forgive you. Yeah. I know. Man. It takes a lot of strength for her to do that because I don't think I would be able to do that. I would Mm -mm. hold the grudge and the anger for as long as I can and live my life. But like to forgive Mm. a man that that literally attacked me for no reason in my own home. Hell no. Hell no. Just be careful out there, people. Por favor, no dejen a sus amigas ni amigos solos. Because this not only happens to women, it can happen to men as well. Please just don't leave your friends alone. Don't leave anybody alone. Yeah. 
if you're going to the bathroom, go with your friend to the bathroom. If you're if you are gonna go outside for a smoke, uh-huh. go outside with your friend for a smoke. If your friend is flirting with a guy, tell her, ask for his number, call him in the morning when you're sober. Like, don't let your friends out of your yeah. sight. If they're your friends and you care about them, you will always be aware of where they're at, who they're with, and you won't let them go out by themselves. It, it's just the unspoken rule. Yeah. Y estas amigas, and, um, lo, mal, lo triste es de que ellas ni a lo mejor está, también están tomadas. Right? Y, y no yeah. estaban pensando quién en su mente se va a poner a pensar oh esto nos va a pasar you're out there having fun so I, I can't even imagine the guilt that all of these people feel in, all exactly. of, in every different scenario that happened throughout the night for for, for Kenya for each yeah. one yeah. it's like they, they, were, they just went out to have a good time and it, it, it became like one of the worst nights of yeah. their lives you know But yeah, um, if you have any opinions on this case and si uh, tienen cualquier detalle o quieren hablar de, del caso o agregar una opinión que tengan del caso, se nos pueden mandar un, uh, un DM en nuestro Instagram o mandarnos un tweet en Twitter o hablarnos en TikTok. Igual nuestros DMs están abiertos allí o en Facebook también. Puedes mandarnos un mensaje y lo contestaremos uh, as quickly as possible. Um, nos pueden encontrar como arroba SVSM underscore podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, you could also find us on Facebook as Soy Violentos Macabro Podcast. Um, and if you're interested in other episodes, you could listen to us on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts and on Anchor FM and you can find all of our podcasts uh, throughout our our profile there um, but yeah we want to hear from you guys um, and, and your opinions on this case uh, let us know you know if you want to talk about it our conversations are open um, and yeah uh, thanks for listening you add? yeah thanks for listening by the way next week we have a really good episode so please stay tuned tuned. we have a surprise (laughs) next week i know it's good i'm very excited i am too that was a good episode but uh yeah so uh stay safe and uh keep your friends close Mm -hmm. not just um, friends we'll see you guys even my family anyone just please keep everyone safe keep yourself safe Please stay safe. Um, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. So, uh, bye. Stay spooky.